All right, Kyle. So is Kale McCarr arrogant or does he show the most sportsmanship in the history of the National Hockey League? The wave of the hand to an official that is taking the NHL world by storm. All of that. And then some new episode of Lockdown Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live on today's episode. We'll be discussing Mr. JT Comfer and this uh, consistent Comfer, as we've been uh, referring to him as in a contract year. What does that mean for him next year? How much interest will he demand from other teams? And will that kind of force the avalanche hands to maybe give him a little bit of an increase? Does he deserve an increase? Uh, we'll talk about that and that trade that we never got to in yesterday's episode because of the game against the Islanders. So we'll talk about uh, the trade between the Avalanche and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but we'll start with a couple quick news bits, uh, big ones too, because uh, it, it involves Avalanche injured players, namely Nathan McKinnon, who was seen skating uh, just by himself, but he was in a non-contact jersey as well. Hmm. So that's a big deal. Uh, and Darren Helm, he seems like he's still slowly on the mend too. So uh, we got those two guys. It was good to see Nathan McKinnon uh, skating around at least, you know, just, I mean, he was making some pretty good cuts too. So hmm. that's promising. Um, and then on the downside, Andrew Cogliano, we knew, I mean, it's not, it could be worse. Two games are saying that he could potentially miss. So the way he skated off the ice, um, I think I'll take two games, right? Yeah, I can't, oh. we can't be too bad about that. And especially like taking a hit like that, anything involving the boards and then you leaving looking like mm. a mannequin with like half of your body detached. Yeah. Um, like it, that's definitely a good sign. Two games, we can live with that. We can live with that. So, uh, but where I want to officially start today, sir, is uh, we, we, we touched on it yesterday, but we were just talking so much about the game between the Islanders and the Avalanche. Um, this, this, this flick of the hand by Kale McCarr, who initially there was a, a tripping call that was going to be called on the Islanders. I think it was Matthew Barzell who, who was going to be called on. So. Yeah. And McCarr just lost an edge. And the, the ref who called it was kind of blocked by the goal, had his hand up. As soon as McCarr got up, he was like, no, he was waving him off. And they reversed it. You don't see that. You don't see all of this a lot. You don't see a player saying, no, 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 don't call that. It wasn't a penalty. And then you don't really see the refs changing course on it either. If they if they make a call, it's like, if it's going to get reviewed, like you can't review a penalty first of all, but in the NHL, any well, I don't think you can in the NFL either. But uh, anyway, it, it, let's just say that you could. 
that's the only way a, a ref would say like, okay, like I got it wrong. Um, you don't typically see number one, a player going to a ref saying like he didn't follow me. And you typically don't see a ref taking the word of the player saying like, Nope, I saw what I saw. It's a penalty. So let's talk about just that aspect first. And then we'll get into the Kale McCarr side of it. What was your take on the whole thing and how it all went down? When I saw it happen, I kept saying out loud, please don't let this be what I thought it was. Which was what? Kale McCarr saying no. No, okay, no. Okay, I'm, okay. Like, and then the more it went on, I was like, ah, they'll stick to the call. They'll send him to the box. Because I'm. when do you ever see the ref say, oh, no, my bad? So when they said, oh, there's no penalty and skate off, I, I was jaw agape. I... <laughs> I was blown away. This year already, what, 30 games in, I have seen so many things I've never seen before in my life. And this was one of them. I was shocked. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll let you continue, but my initial takeaway from the entire moment was pure shock. I I saw some people think, and somebody commented this on the YouTube channel as well, thinking that he, he initially he wasn't waving him on away saying like no it was a penalty um people thought like no he was saying like no it was way like the hand gesture was like i didn't embellish yeah but makar at the end of the game admitted to mm -hmm. saying like no i waved it off i waved off it he didn't trip me um i don't know like where do i want to go with this because I, number one, I'm kind of like shocked, like that we're here in sports. Because if you if you if you heard like Matthew Barzell, he said like I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, <laughs> he flat out said like I wouldn't have covered for him. I would have taken that penalty. And I think 99.9 percent .9 of other hockey players would have done the same exact thing. You want you know that whole that whole adage like if you're if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I'm not saying it's cheating to not you know call out uh, a wrong call if you're a player. But, you know, this is just where we are in sports. You want every advantage you can get. Bad calls are going to happen in any sport. And 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 do, does the, the team that benefits from a bad referee call, do they come out all the time and say, like, that's not a penalty? I was involved in the play. I know if it was – like, you're not involved in it. You might have been shielded. You might have had a bad angle. I was I was the wide receiver and he didn't interfere with me. You never ever see that because you want those advantages. It's part of the game. It's not cheating. I'm not saying it, you know when I say you're not cheating, you're not trying. I'm not saying it's cheating. It's just like yes, sometimes you benefit from bad calls and sometimes you don't. You never see this. I don't want to get to the, I want to get to the Kilmacar part in a minute, but just talk about what you feel like you know should that happen more in sports. Should right. it should it be like you know, uh, you, you should have this gamesmanship, this sportsmanship, and should you want to win based on the merits of you beating this team, not getting a benefit call from a bad call from a ref? A couple years ago, if you sat around and watched Saturday TV, you know those pass it on commercials that usually play where it's like honesty, pass it on, and it's oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. There was one. There was a PSA of a basketball game of 13-year-olds. And the little girl was playing basketball, stepped out of bounds, and they call a timeout. And the little girl goes to tell the coach, 
hey, I stepped out of bounds and they didn't call it. And the coach said, you know what to do. And the little girl tells the referee that she was out of bounds. Possession changes. And then it's integrity. Pass it on. Mm. Everybody, oh, that's such a good commercial. In reality, you're like, the coach would say, be quiet. Let's get back. We have possession. Let's keep going. Same thing in this moment with Kale McCarr. It was 0-0. There was not a goal scored until the shootout. I know the power play is atrocious, but you need the power play in a 0-0 slugfest. Mm. You do not say, nope, sorry, my... We were just talking about how cool it would be if Kale McCarr was a bad guy. Kale, don't go this way. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say, no, nope, no, I'm sorry. No, that I didn't trip him. No, you tripped him. And look, he's probably bleeding. Like, <laughs> Kale McCarr start, like, chewing on the inside of your mouth. Like, like the old wrestlers. Like, yeah, they just yeah. gouge their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Flare it. Just pull out a blade oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Get four minutes. Like, I get it. It's great. Like, on one hand, I, I mean... Yes, be honest, be true. I get it. But in the moment, in the game, like, if this was reversed, you you never see the an opposing team for the Avalanche say, nope, sorry, and they didn't have too many men on the ice. Um, he Gabe Landeskog was definitely not offsides. Like, yeah, you, don't, you don't see it. You, you don't, don't see it. it. You can't bank on it. You can't anticipate it. I get Kale McCard doing it, but... Don't take something away that could be an advantage in that moment. Just because what if right. we lost? We would not be looking well, so fondly on this story. Absolutely. We, we would be taking a different tone right now with Kale McCarr. Like, yeah. why would you do right? Um, and, and you mentioned those those commercials and stuff like that. And, and that's, you know, bad, like I said earlier, like bad calls are going to it's kind of like baked into the game. You, you are going to anticipate a bad call here and there, no matter what sport you're playing. And like I said, sometimes you will be the beneficiary of it. But you mentioned those, you know, Saturday morning commercials and stuff and the whole pass it on stuff. And it's just the way sports are because bad calls are baked into yep. a game and you anticipate them happening when something like this happens. When you get that uh, that that track and field athlete that pulled a hamstring and then like the, the, the person who was leading, like goes back and throws his arm around her and, and, and they finish like together. When, when you get those moments, they get blown up because yep. they don't happen a lot. And you really, you're looking at it and it's like, but shouldn't they like, isn't this what sports is about to begin? Like sports have gone so far into the, the, the mainstream of, of society that people live and die by what happens to their team. Look at what's going on in Argentina right now. Yeah. Them celebrate. Look how many yeah. people are out in the woods. Like that is affecting that economy. Yeah. And I get where sports have got, and I love it. And I take part in it. I host a podcast on, on, you know, like I'm part of it, but I, I'm, and I don't, we got to get into this big thing about, you know, where, you know, should we get back to like, more sportsmanship and should we have like you know should this not be a surprise should you know do you want to see like yeah you want to see more of this stuff but it's not going to happen yeah because where we are with sports is no i want every advantage i get and a bad call not my fault he made the bad call i'm going to benefit from it what if it was the rockies and the mets and Mm -hmm. ball four was called but instead of taking your base you say oh i'm sorry I, I know you didn't see that. 
Like that, I, that was really a strike. I'm going to take this out. I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> no, like, baseball is a perfect example. It's of, it's of, the same yeah. thing. You you get away with that painting the corners, the umpire not seeing it. The game is built off that, and it's the same thing. Like we talk about ticky tack calls all the time and puck luck. It's just part of the game. You can't negate it. I don't know what struck Kale in that moment to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we overcame that, but. It's one of those things you got to deal with the hand that you're dealt. You can't influence it one way or another. And quickly, I want to talk about this specifically, you know, having Kale McCarr involved in the play, right? Because um, it was it was not that long ago where a reporter, Larry Brooks, I think is his name, from the New York Post, this was after they played the Rangers, put in a little blurb that he has um, on his column. And it's very short. I'll read the entire thing. If you, if you didn't, and I give cre- credit to Adrian Data for putting this up. Um, this guy wrote, you know what strikes me about the difference between the past two Norris Trophy winners uh, who will compete for the trophy for years? It's that Kale McCarr plays with an arrogance that escapes Adam Fox entirely. They each wear a cape, but the S on Fox's T-shirt still stands for, quote, subtlety. So I'm sorry. Like, first of all, the, the 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 crassness of that is is off the charts. And tell me you don't watch Kale McCarr without telling me you don't watch Kale McCarr is how yeah. you respond to that. And he's writes for the New York Post. Of course, he's going to take Adam Fox's side. It's a ridiculous comment. But how you know if if Kale McCarr is, is as arrogant as this guy wants to make him out to be, an arrogant person is not turning around and doing something that Kale McCarr just did and declining a penalty, which are sacred in hockey to have a power play to to tell a ref no it wasn't that's the furthest thing from arrogance so talk about what this means for to to kill mccarr uh and 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 what this means for him in the eyes of of everybody in the eyes of kids in the eyes of parents in the eyes of the rest of the hockey community like someone even said like in the eyes of the refs this is going to go a long way so when the Avalanche benefit from a game seven, uh, you know, penalty that's called against him because Kale McCarr did this back in December, hmm. it's it's good. Um, I mean, it's good for Kale. Like it speaks, it like to, to that man's point to call Kale McCarr arrogant is like calling Nathan McKinnon mild mannered. Um, yeah, it's you don't, you don't what he is, right? You you don't do that. Um, so I'd never, and you can hear people not affiliated with the Avalanche talk about. Kale McCarr's demeanor, how humble he is, how intelligent he is. So, yes, this is Kale McCarr in this moment waving off a, a penalty that's inspirational, and it's a moment that hockey ki- uh, coaches in the under 18, under 12 will teach this moment, like, uh, mm. integrity from here on out. It's an example. It better not be the letter to the law because yeah. you, don't, you don't need this happening because you're – what if you do this if Tortorella is your coach? You're never going to see the ice again. <laughs> like, yeah, you wow. can't, good you point. can't, you can't keep doing this. Like, it's a good moment, but this can't be a new attitude because this is something that can't happen. You can't have people policing it one way or another. That's what the referees are there for. And to Kale's uh, benefit, he did say he's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. 
He probably won't do it again. So because why? Because that's where we are with sports. You yep. take the advantage that you can get. Um, all right. We're going to hear from Bet Online, and then we will look at JT Comfer uh, and his improved play for this season. What does that mean for next year? Because he is a free agent. And, and he's arrogant. That. And very arrogant. He's the redheaded arrogant. <laughs> I want to put that on up. everybody. Yeah. So. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And of course that trade that happened between the avalanche and the Toronto Maple Leafs. But first we have bet online and BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info stats, news, and analysis. What do we got for the Denver Broncos? Uh, they, they're playing, um, they're playing on Christmas. They're playing on Christmas day. So I hope that doesn't ruin everybody's Christmas me, uh, plans, but Tonight would have been a good night to bet on the Knicks. Why is that? They thumped the Warriors. Really? When's the last time that happened? I know. I had to say it. I had to say it. uh, My buddy's a a New York Rangers fan, um, and he sent me a text the other day. He said it's the first time in history that the Rangers and the Knicks have a simultaneous seven-game winning streak. That is correct. That's crazy. That is great. 2022, baby. Oh, man. Things are things are happening. Yeah, I'm I'm getting your Broncos opponent All right. this weekend. Uh, you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and college basketball, which is now here. And I Ooh. saw that Michigan and North Carolina were playing. I think they were playing. Maybe it just ended. But man, whenever I see those two teams, like. I just go back to the Chris Weber timeout days, man. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. I, I I was so young when that happened, and and I was uh, my I I lived you know obviously at my parents' house. My bedroom was upstairs, and I stayed up when I should not have. I was mm-hmm. way too young to stay up for that game, um, and I did because I was a big Michigan. I was a big Fab Five fan at the time, and um, I didn't sleep at all that night. I went to I went I don't remember what grade I was in. I went to school. I like slept all through school. Because I was up watching Michigan, North Carolina when I should. As you should. And it's Broncos and Rams, the Stan Kroenke Bowl. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Bet online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net. And it's where the game starts. All right. JT Comfer, his improved play. And, and, you know, he's one of the few guys that have really kind of turned it up with all these avalanche injuries and he's kind of uh, ascended to the first line for mm-hmm. the last couple games centering the first line i know jared bennard likes to do this move guys around and try to fine-tune it especially now when you have all these injuries and uh you've had you had jt comfort who's who's been good he's been good this year and and he is in a contract year so at the end of this season, he becomes a free agent of the unrestricted kind. So right now he is making $3.5 million. And we all know if you listen to this show or if you just follow the avalanche, you know, JT Confer has been somewhat of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks really good at times and then he disappears at times. He tends to turn it up a notch come playoff time, which is always what you want. Um, And then during the regular season, seems to take games off here and there. And for most of his career for the Avalanche, he's been on the third line. You know what I mean? Like they brought in Nazem Kadri to to man the second. Like he's never cracked into 
being a consistent top six guy or, you know, even uh, middle six. Yeah. But second line guy. And with all the injuries, he's had the opportunity. He seized it. What do you think for, you know, I know we're looking into the crystal ball right now and and next off season. What do they do? What do they do with JT Confer? Because he's, I say like he's going to want an increase. Does he deserve one? First of all, yeah. And second of all, can you really give him one? Because the cap doesn't the cap <laughs> is probably only going up a million. We thought it might be going up four or five. Um, it's likely only going up one. So you're going to be hard pressed to give him any any you know more than than you already are because one he's not really been consistent except for these last couple weeks, and two you don't have the funds to do it. All right. When it comes to JT Comfort, I know we like to think of him as an avalanche lifer, kind of like how we do with EJ. Like he's been here forever. He's always avalanche. EJ is a member of the Blues. JT Comfort, for those who don't know, came up, came to the avalanche in that trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. With Nikita Zadorov, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so during his stint with the avalanche, it's been consistently average he has these upticks in production and then it goes back down if this is something you continue that you feel like you need next year again i'm talking about next year there's no real need for increase to the contract because we've given you enough time you've had literally the keys handed to you to take that spot of Nas, like you mentioned he hasn't done it. He hasn't really, uh, like, Lekkonen has come in here and far surpassed him in production. You've had, like, people come and go with what they bring to the team. Yes, he's had an uptick in production, and he's almost beating out his numbers that he had from 2020, 2021 hmm. when it comes to points, because that was not a good year. Last year was a much better year. So he's he's scaling at a really good pace, but if it's getting him to play consistently, like we talk about it all the time, playoff JT Comfer, it's another animal, mm-hmm. but we need playoff JT Comfer now to make sure we could see playoff JT Comfer where this avalanche team is. And I just, I don't want to spend next year constantly poking JT Comfer with a stick saying you have to do something. Nobody else is doing anything. You have to do something. Yeah, this is why I, I kind of like can't stand contract years. It's like, yeah. why are you getting up now? Yeah. Well, I know why you're getting up now because you want to get paid. But I, I'm sorry, like I, I don't have short term memory. I have long term memory. And and you know I I like JT Comfort. I do. I, too. I think he's good for this team. Um, I I think everybody's wanted him to take that next step and it's never happened. Okay, fine. If that's what you are, I think the Avalanche can live with it. Yeah, you know, and, and and he's stepping up his game. And what I don't get is, yes, well, he 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 ups his game in the playoffs. He's upping his game now. When when we were down, guys, why can't you do that? Like when when, when we're a, a healthy roster, a, a healthy team, and you're in your role as a third line center, why can you not dominate that yeah. line? Are you kidding me? Like now now you're you're uh you're centering the top line and you're continuing to play well on that top line role. So when you go down two levels to a third line, 
you can't play at the level that you're playing. And I, I, it's just, it's mind boggling to me that he can't do that. Um, and he has the potential to do it, but it's just never materialized. Uh, you know, for players, contract years are huge. They, they just up their game. It just always happens. So are we surprised that it's happened to JT Comfer? No. Um, what this does for him for next year, I, I, I think the Avalanche are absolutely going to want to keep him around. Um, yeah, maybe he gets a little bit of an increase, but it's not like this thing where he's going to, you know, double his salary. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not, which would never happen. Like JT Comfer is nowhere in the, in the realm of a $7 million player. You know, he's 3.5 right now. I think that's right around where you keep him. Maybe say, hey, here's a little bit of an increase to, to 4 million. But are you really comfortable giving JT Confer more than that? Like, I mean, 4.5 is really pushing it. I don't think he's anywhere near a $5 million player. And here's the other question. Is there a team out there that would be willing to give him that? That's all it takes is one. And, you know, there's 31 other teams and maybe there's one willing to to get a little bit crazy and give him something <clears throat> over five it's see, I don't see it and that's the thing it's you have to you have to look at it from a business standpoint like right do right. you need 3.5 for maybe 30 to 40 points a year or do you would you like to pay 3.5 for 30 to 40 points a year because you love jt comfort and all of his silly off the ice clips that he does with the avalanche. Like mm-hmm. I like Finn and Vergetto. I liked um, Mark Barbario. I liked Blake Como, but their production wasn't enough for them to be a part of the cup run. Like right. you can point back to players you like, but you have to look at it. This is a business. This is an organization is comfort. Something you need next year for what you're paying and what you're getting back in return. Look around the league. There are 32 teams with deep minor league teams. Can you pay 33.5 for a little bit more consistent production or something that you know could add to the pieces you already have? Because we we had this conversation when, when it came to Tyson Jost, and he's on his second or third team by now. Mm-hmm. You... <laughs> You can't keep justifying the production and the hot and cold nature of it just because you like the guy. Because we both like JT Comfer. He's a great dude. I love getting to call him Jesse's brother. But <laughs> you've got to look at it a business because the way the Avalanche started this year, it sure would have been nice to have a little bit more consistency. And then you have JT Comfer right there. You're like, well, you're not giving it to me right now. Why would you do it next year when I'm paying you more with a more complete team? Right. Well, and the thing with like, you know, you say like, would you, would you be okay without JT Comp for like, could somebody take his place? Well, sure. Somebody could. And it's like, you know, there's a 3.5 million JT Comfort, And if you don't have him, there's a $3.5 million player somewhere that yep. could do what JT Comfort has done for the duration of his time. And as, as playing for the avalanche. So, yeah, I mean, like, he is an expendable player. I hate saying that, but yep. why you want to bring him back is you've had him for so long. He's comfortable here. He knows the system. It's not like, you know, coaches have been flipping in, in Colorado and it's a new coach. All the, like, Jared Bednar likes him. 
you just want what you're getting now. I'm not, I'm not just going to like throw all this praise on him for three weeks of him playing well. He's been with his team for years and, yeah. and this is a good stretch that he has. And, you know, I want to see what happens for the rest of the year. If he can keep this up. Yeah. You're going to have down games. I get that. If he can keep most of this up for the rest of the season. Sure. Like you're going to want to bring him back. Maybe at a little bit of an increase, but you have, like you said, the biggest part of this thing is the business side of it. You have a lot of free agents next year for the Colorado Avalanche. You have Evan Rodriguez, who's only making $2 million, who I think everybody at this stage in the game is going to want him to return. He's looking like he's going to get a good increase. Cogliano is an unrestricted free agent. I don't really think at his age he's going to really increase his amounts. He's at 1.25 right now. In the restricted realm, you have Alex Newhook, who is a restricted free agent. He's making less than a million dollars. He's getting a significant increase. You have Bowen Byram, who's making less than a million dollars. He's making less than Alex Newhook. The injuries to Bowen Byram probably benefit the Avalanche right now in what that contract would look like for Bowen Byram. If Bowen Byram was healthy, he was probably going to cash in. He still will, but I think the contract the Avalanche will give him will be like, look, like we've had a lot of injuries with you. Uh, you know, here, here, here's an increase. He's going to get an increase. He's making like $890,000 or something like that. He's going to get a, a significant increase, but it's not going to be that six or $7 million deal that he probably would have got if he could have stayed healthy for the duration of his entry-level contract. So you have all of that that's coming into play. And is there money there for JT Comfort to get an increase based solely on what he's doing in the months of November and December, assuming that he continues to do this for the rest of the year, which is a big assumption because he hasn't proven that he can do it at any other point in his career with the Avalanche. And it's you 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 got to you gotta kind of let it go just a little bit because the Avs have moved on from players that produce at JT Conference levels time after time after time after time after time. Because it's just not enough to like you could replace the middle six the bottom six of this this team and we've done it year in year out and jt what he's doing we've replaced players like this many times before and you have to look at if it requires a price increase you know you're not getting a production increase so you have to move on right that's a good point like the the price might increase but do you really think the production is going to because you've already wow. seen everything you've already yeah. go, you're going to get. It's you've not going it. to get magically right. better next year. Right. All right. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, we we do want to mention the trade that the Avalanche made with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Dryden Hunt, his, his tenure with the Avalanche was short. Uh, goes over to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Denise Mulgan, um, Dennis Mulgan. Excuse me. Um, and I like this doesn't really move the needle to me too much. I know Mulgan was a guy who who it's one of those like potential yeah. inheritances basically. And he's young, he's a little undersized, he's speedy, he's got a lot of potential. And the I think it's just one of those moves for the Avalanche to to 
try, you know, we always go back to the, the Val Nechuskin and yeah. let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle again. Well, it didn't work for Galchenyuk. So no, we're not infallible when it comes to that. Um, I like, I don't know, like he, he might play tonight. They're playing, um, Montreal Canadians, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, because he's coming from Toronto, he's got to go through the immigration stuff, which you all know with Arturi Lekkanen last year, you know, we, we didn't have him for maybe like three or four games because he had to go through immigration. So who knows how long that's going to take. If he does play tonight for Montreal, you know, I, whatever, like Hunt did it, didn't really like I thought he was playing okay. Yeah. I didn't really have an issue with him. I was a little bit surprised that they did make this this deal. I thought they just ride the wave with Hunt until you get all these players back and then decide what to do with him. Um the Avalanche didn't want to play that game. So they moved him and I and I don't know a ton about Mulgan. I'm not gonna say that I sit here and say that I do. Um I watched uh Steve Dangle put a a video up where he talked about him quite a bit. And he's basically saying like what we're saying. It's just like just guy that never amounted to much. And, and he had opportunities. He played on the second line because with uh, the injuries that the Maple Leafs had, he was given an opportunity, moved up to the second line, line on the left, uh, left wing and just couldn't, couldn't do anything. So um, who knows, you know, you get into a different city with a different team, different system, maybe get squeeze something out of it. But I'm not anticipating any any massive shift here when it comes in. No, I mean you're expecting what you got out of Dryden Hunt because their production's almost identical. You're expecting mm-hmm. what you're getting out of Antoine Bleed. Like that same just mm-hmm. you, like you're just honestly, you're buying low, hoping to maximize with the pieces that you have and seeing how it fits. And if he has two or three games like Dryden Hunt, he might become a, tra- a trade piece as well because Dryden Hunt had more of a book on what you knew you were kind of getting out of him. Mulligan is a little different. You, there's a little bit of play there, and he might fit the Avalanche system just a little bit better. Right. But I'm, I'm not saying he's going to come in here and he's going to go at a goal, like a point of game pace, no. and he's going to no, no, no. ball arena is going to be Mulligan Arena in 15 no. years. But it just it seems like, you know, Hunt fits better with how Toronto wants to play. And Mulligan fits better with how the Avalanche want to play. So maybe it benefits both these guys. And Dangle brought up a pretty good uh, point about, you know, with the injuries that uh, the Maple Leafs have, it's very similar to the Avalanche, not in the the, the scale of injuries, but that these guys are coming back pretty soon. So the ones that the guys that are coming back are pretty much going to push Mulligan out and they were going to have to put him on waivers. Um, So they, they were thinking it's kind of similar to the Avalanche. The Avalanche are getting guys back. There probably wasn't going to be room for Dryden Hunt, so they have to put him on waiver. So they kind of make this deal, but then you're kind of still in the same situation because what do you do with him when the guys do come back? So that's down the road. You're you got at, him you, for right you, now. Yeah, I was about to say, you think Toronto thinks about that? No. They're, Toronto's <laughs> no. not the – they don't they don't put a lot of forward thought into that. Yeah. But it's, so, it's exciting. We could see where it goes. It's something I, we could play with, but I don't know what Toronto's going to get out of Dryden Hunt, and the same for us. Yeah, it's when the new the, you get a new kid in, in town, you know, the, the new yeah. kid at school. And so you see what he's all about, see what his likes are, physically comic books. It, it, we go it, from then there? he'll transfer out, and as soon as you know his last name, and right. it's all over. And you lost a friend. 
Uh, all right. So we'll see. We don't know if he's going to play tonight, but um, if he does, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be watching. Um, and then Kyle and I will be back tomorrow to discuss this Avalanche and Montreal Canadiens game um, and anything else that happens to be going on in Avalanche world. So that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. It is always appreciated. For Mr. Kyle Sullivan, Shaggy Van Doom, I am Chris Maselli. And this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.